Hi, I'm Pamela, Private Eye. Welcome to my podcast where I'll be sharing true stories from my life as a private investigator in what is pretty much a male-dominated field. In my career, I've investigated everything there is to investigate from insurance fraud, you know, the workers' comp case where the employee is claiming an injury so they can receive money and then they're out like working in their yard or running a side business. In those cases, I would do surveillance on the individual and videotape whatever they did out in public. And, oh man, what adventures some of those turned out to be. Sometimes, on those cases, I would have to wear a disguise so that I could be able to follow the person, be really close to them in the morning somewhere, and then be able to follow them the rest of the day. So I'd take my disguise off and continue to do surveillance. And other times... I would have to be really close. I'd wear hidden cameras. And there were times when I didn't have either of those things, and I just got caught because I was too close. Some of those cases are some of my more memorable because those people would be in a lot of trouble because that's committing fraud on our system. And so they would get pretty interested. I don't know if they were trying to get the video back from me or what they would try to do, but we ended up in some car chases. It was pretty intense, kind of scary at times. Those are pretty memorable. But then I switched over to do criminal defense work. As an investigator, when someone is charged with a crime, their defense attorney would call me, and they call and ask me to investigate the case from the defense side. So it was my job to find the truth, to learn were the police and the prosecutors correct in their allegations, or was my client being wrongfully accused? I'm going to share some stories in both of those situations, some where they're guilty and somewhere they're not. And the scariest part comes when an innocent person is charged. Because once you get caught in the justice system, they have the same chance of being convicted as someone who is guilty. And I know that's not what people believe, but I'm going to share with you how that works. So it's a really scary prospect. So to ensure that justice happens, that we imprison those that are guilty, and to ensure that those are innocent, that they go free... Everyone has to do their part. This is a big part of why I chose to do this podcast. Although everyone always should do their job truthfully and honestly, sadly, it doesn't work that way. Not everyone is doing that. And if there's even a chink in our system, our system doesn't work. Sometimes witnesses, police officers, federal agents... They'll lie under oath in trial, which messes up a trial. And sometimes I've seen prosecutors withhold exculpatory evidence, which is evidence which would prove my clients are innocent. I've seen judges make rulings that would keep the evidence out of trial that would show that my client is innocent. So I've seen it all. But I believe in our system. I believe in people. And there are uh, some amazing, courageous people out there. I've seen people step up and tell the truth under oath to testify when they don't even know the defendant, but they know the truth. And and I've also seen good friends or family of a defendant that are so afraid of the government that they will take the stand and lie on behalf of the government. So when I see someone that has the courage to step up and tell the truth and do it for justice, it is one of the most powerful and moving things I have ever seen. I never intended to be a private investigator for my career. kind of started out as a side hustle when I was in college to, just to pay my bills. And then 
after college, it gave me the flexibility so that I could pursue my music career. I love making music with my friends. I sing and play sax and guitar, and, and I have a great time. We've had some success. We've opened for Kenny Chesney, and I've shared the stage with Boots Randolph, who's a hero of mine, and many greats, some legends in the business. But So my dream was to make it big in music, and I didn't make it. Not, not how I wanted. You know, I think most of us are not living the lives that we thought we would be living, but then we find ourselves in a spot we've got to make the best of it. And I hope you haven't been in the spot where you totally went for your dream and you felt like you failed, but I was in that place. I totally went for it. I'd go back and forth to Nashville, and I met some great people, great musicians, and I had some really awesome experiences, but... I didn't get the record deal. Not only did I not get the record deal, I didn't even get in the record company to have them throw me out or to say no. I didn't even get that close. And I remember flying home the last few times I flew back from Nashville on the flight, just crying, tears just rolling down my face as I looked out the window and thought, I failed. I didn't make it. I didn't get the dream that I wanted to have. Now what am I going to do? Everyone's going to know that I failed. And what am I going to do with my life? And I came back. And I still do music. I still love making music. But I came back and I put my passion into investigating. I quickly learned that I needed another way to supplement my income. So that's my music that plays in the intro. I wrote it and I performed it. It turned out what I found is that when I also put my passion into my PI work, I was really good at that. In fact, I moved to the top of my field. I love people and I hate bullies. So when someone is bullying my client, I fight like hell to find the truth. And if the truth is on my side, our side of things, watch out because I'm coming after you. How I see my podcast differing from others that are out there is that they're coming from the perspective of an outsider looking in, trying to understand what happened and why. I don't have to speculate. As a defense investigator, I'm in the unique position to be close, like so close to the defendant that they are telling me what happened and why they did it. Because their life depends on them telling me the truth. So I've sat across from the self-made millionaire who's facing the death penalty for killing his young trophy wife because she was divorcing him and he just loses it, stabs her in the neck with a screwdriver. I've looked him in the eyes as he's crying, telling me that he doesn't want to live anymore because he's killed the person that he loves the most in the world. I have worked every kind of criminal case there is, from white-collar crimes where I investigated attorney general for the state, for our legislators, to every kind of blue-collar crime, assault, rape, drug charges, murder, sex cases, and even capital murder. And it's a fascinating thing to learn why and how someone gets to a place where they would do some of these horrible things. And having graduated in psychology, I was always interested in why do we do the things we do? But to sit across from someone who has harmed or even killed the person that they love the most in the world, it takes it to a whole new level. And to have the inside scoop, that story as to how they got there. 
And surprisingly, they almost always tell me the truth because their defense depends on me understanding and being able to help defend them. And I tell them all the time, you don't want to lie to me. You can lie to your wife. You can even lie to your friends and even your bishop, but don't lie to me because you do not want us to be surprised at trial. I know that our system says that you're innocent until proven guilty, but I'm here to tell you that is not how it feels to the person accused of a crime. The minute you're charged, society comes down hard. I've learned the power of genuine compassion for someone at the lowest point of their lives. And I believe that it is the most Christ-like thing that we can do to sit next to someone who's accused of these horrible crimes. And I've learned that I can love someone whom society is shunning. And I can do it in what is often that person's darkest hour. These stories are about real people. Many of you have read about these cases. It's been front page news. But these are real people with real feelings and real choices that they had to make as they went through it, just like you and I. There are also the people whom my clients hurt or the families of those people. And over and over, I've had to deal with my conflicting feelings to find the balance between justice and mercy, where I'd ask myself, can I sit next to a man who has done this? Can I defend him? And if we have offended, how do we ask forgiveness? I've been in the room when they've asked for forgiveness from their former in-laws for taking their daughter's life. And do we forgive? And, and how do we forgive? My hope is to raise those challenging questions. I've seen the very best of humanity and sometimes the very worst of it. I've learned so much from it. I love it. I love what I do. I'm passionate about what I do, and I want to share it all with you. When I can, I'm going to have the actual defendant on with me so you can hear from them what it's like, or witnesses, or sometimes lawyers. And there are not a lot of those that I'll have on because at this point, having been in this, this system for so long, I've learned that I don't trust most of them, not just the prosecutors, but most of the defense lawyers either. It's a sad commentary, but... I will share all of that and explain why. Speaking of which, when I can, I will use real names of my clients, but from time to time, I will change the names so I can protect the innocent and sometimes the guilty. Okay, so the reason I did the podcast is this. I got so tired of the injustices that I saw. I got so tired of lawyers cheating their clients and being able to do it almost like that their bar license was a license to steal. And instead of re representing the defendants the way they should, the people that had just paid them, they would make deals with the government without the defendant knowing. And, it, and the system doesn't work right when that happens. And I've seen prosecutors withhold evidence and lie and cheat, and I've exposed it and fought and won. And I've, and I've seen judges participate in some of this. Most people are good, and they're trying to do the right thing, but... I couldn't take it anymore, and I thought the world should know how our justice system was really working. This is very serious work. I realize that. I know it. I am the one looking at these guys and trying to figure out how to help them and help their victims, and it's really intense, hard work. I always try to 
make it as light as I can. So I am not discounting the seriousness. I'm, I'm really talking about murder and rape and assault and drugs and it, serious stuff. This is as serious as life gets and as high pressure as it gets for people. But there are also some really kind of funny, ironic moments along the way. I enjoy all of that. I, there are times I'm going to laugh and cry, and I hope that you will laugh and cry with me. But I do take my work very, very seriously. So you'll see how the system works through my eyes. You'll see what it's like to go into jail when I go in and meet with a client, or to go to prison to talk with a witness, or to go to some shady seedy part of town to pack down a witness who's hiding and it's my job to find the truth wherever it is and I do it well. I'm excited to share my life and my experiences here with you. I hope you enjoy it as much as I've enjoyed the ride. Welcome to Pamela Private Eye.